0: Real quick before we get started, I want to tell you about my free weekly newsletter called Build Something Weekly. Each week, Monday mornings generally, you will get an email with a little bit of insight around WordPress and or podcasting. You'll get the latest of these episodes with the top takeaways, show notes, and more. And you'll get the latest content from the previous week. you also get a, a, a recommendation. It is action packed for your Monday mornings. It is free and it is weekly and you can sign up over at buildsomething.email. Check it out. It's a free weekly newsletter over at buildsomething.email. All right. Hello, everybody. It's another live coaching call this week, and this time I have podcaster and WordPress site builder extraordinaire Nathan Wrigley. We chat about how I format this show versus how he formats his show, how to record bumpers and the intros, and then the benefits and potential pitfalls of batching. After that, we roll into making money how to find and land sponsors, and when you should think about monetizing your podcast. Nathan has been a podcaster for a long time, so it was great to field his questions as well as get his perspective. Plus, in Build Something More, we talk about what it's like to run a virtual summit. So I am really excited for you to hear this call because I think Nathan offers a lot of his own really good insights and asks some amazing questions for both veteran and beginner podcasters. Check it out. Let's get on with the interview. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that offers actionable tech tips for small business owners. My name is Joe Casabona. This is episode 237. Today's sponsors are Text Expander and Nexus. You'll hear about them later on in the show. And I am... Extremely honored to have my friend and fellow podcaster Nathan Wrigley on the show. He's a podcaster over at WP Builds and he does a bunch of other stuff, which we'll get into. Uh, But today we are doing another live coaching call. So Nathan will be asking me the questions, which is great. He's a very good interviewer on his podcast. So, Nathan, how are you today?
1: I'm very well thank you for having me on I'm really pleased to be here I have a question right off the bat because of your introduction so your introduction was totally different to the way that I do it you you just mentioned the the episode number and you also mentioned a couple of sponsors which tells me that you already know when this is coming out to some extent is that how you run it do you do you know as you record one that it's episode 237238 whatever it might be, you've got all of that written down somewhere.
0: Yes. Great question. We're going to dive right into it. So yes, um, when someone's, when you, so you used a Calendly link uh, or SavvyCal, I think it was Calendly. I tried SavvyCal for a small amount of time, but Calendly is better for my needs. Um, either way, uh, when you fill out that form or any podcast guest fills out that form, that information gets sent to two places. Uh Notion used to be Evernote, but now it's notion and Airtable, and when it gets added to Airtable, I go in, I take the information and I put it in the lineup. Um, y- sometimes it's based on if I think episodes will go together, but usually it's like first, come, first serve um, in your case it's i had an, I had a slot earlier right. um, but and then there is uh an an index called episode in Airtable. Uh, That is auto-numbered, and that is the episode number. So for sure, I know the episode number the day we record. This this ties my hands a little bit, right? Because if I have a guest that cancels or something has to get moved around, now I need to either re-record intros or slot in an episode in an earlier spot. But in general... It's been working out really well for me. Uh, and then I know the URL right off the bat too. So during the episode, I could say you can find the show notes over at It slash 237. The sponsors, I try really hard to get them booked super far in advance so that I know. Okay. Um, I have a max of three slots in each episode. You might have noticed I only said two sponsors. If I happen to land a sponsor uh, in the coming weeks, I will add that to the beginning bumper. Um but uh yeah, text expander picked up all of 2021 back in November 2020. Uh, nice. and Nexus over the summer locked in the rest of the year. So Okay. Uh yeah, so I'm I'm fortunate enough to have sponsors uh, booking out far in advance.
1: Yeah, it's curious. I I had a process which tr- it tripped me up a couple of times in that I decided I would batch a load of episodes. And so I, I went really far into the future. I mean, absurdly far. And so in some cases, I was three and four months already recorded. Yeah. And then I kind of realized that, well, actually, some of this content is going to feel a bit stale. So I then had to backpedal and put people who really ought to have been coming out in, let's say, August. Mm-hmm. I had to bring them back into June, and that was a lesson to me that I I actually said I would never repeat. And then the next year, I repeated it and did exactly the same thing. It was just in an endeavor to free up my summer a bit more. Yeah, but I was yeah I, I was just curious because I I simply do the the podcast recording now as an isolated piece of content. So I begin it with a hello, and we get into the interview topic, and I end with a, a goodbye, and then I always go back into my audio editing software. I use Logic, and I record uh, a bespoke thing for the beginning of beginning of each episode, and then tailor at the end of each episode, and and in that way I can put in the ads and what have you. So I was just curious that that was. Entirely different to the way I do it.
0: Yeah, that is that is a, a great point. And actually, I do. Uh, so for the outro, I don't because we roll right into build something more. Uh, but I do actually record a separate beginning bumper as well, um, because I do. I want to summarize a little bit about what we talk about post conversation, right? <laughs> uh, and that is where if I happen to book a third sponsor, I'll mention them there. Uh, and my editor. Is good enough that if he if he notices I basically say the same exact thing two times in a row he'll fix it. Um, but I do like to say at least the episode number again and do the regular. Here, here's this is on me a little bit, right? I uh, I feel super weird diving right into the uh, the hello part, right? Um, oh yeah, okay. I feel like I need a little bit of ceremony to intro the show and the same thing with, uh, with the outro. Like I, ideally I would just say, Nathan, thanks for joining us today. And then you say goodbye and then we end it, but that feels really awkward to me. So I mean, I need to say the outro twice. Um, It's
1: interesting because I've heard, I've heard a few podcasts where they've just got the tenor of the music just right. And it fades in over the goodbyes. And it, it really, and it just works. And I, but I'm with you. I have to record something at the end where it, for some, it's almost like the plenary at the end of, a, of yeah. a lesson. You know, I just sort of summarize what's been said. There's really no point because everybody's heard it already. But regardless, I, I record this little bit saying, well, this is, what we, this is what we talked about today. And it seems to work. It, it, I like it. And I get some feedback saying, actually, that's, that's not without merit.
0: Yeah. And actually, so I I was, I was just going to say, this is important. This is something I teach my podcasting students. Uh, You are, so you make websites, right? You are a website maker. Um, When responsive design first started to get big 10 years ago now, Ethan Marcotte's uh, uh, responsive web design came out 10 years ago this year. Um, And his article is even older than that. But uh, when it first came out, the idea was, I think Luke Roblewski first said this, you have essentially when you have a mobile website, one eye and one finger, right? Which means that some the person who is on your mobile website is probably also doing something else. And that's absolutely true. With I've like co-opted that to say when somebody is listening to your podcast, you probably only have one ear. Because Good they point. are yep. driving or cleaning yep. or corralling the children. Yes. Um. And so repeating that imp- the, the important points, uh, I think, has a lot of merit, right? I always say the important things at the beginning, make sure to listen for this. Then there's the interview. I will usually repeat the things I think are important during the interview. And then at the end, here's what you learned. And then I have the top takeaways that I started adding to my show notes too, because... Uh, for that reason, right? You want to drive the important points home.
1: Yeah, it's like a classic educator's plan for the for the following hour, isn't it? Here's yeah. what we're going to do. Here it is. Here's what we did.
0: That's um, exactly right, and it,
1: it works. It works really well. Yeah, I was curious about the the advertising bit as well, and you mentioned that you'd got them a, a long way into the future. Do you? Okay, there's two parts to my question. The first part is how do you do that? What is the process that you have for? actually communicating with, um, with your sponsors. You know, how do you find the new sponsors? Where do you put them? Where, where do they go when they're not quite a sponsor, but they're interested? How do you do that whole process? And the, the second part to that question is, is I've completely forgotten what the second part is. So I'll remember that whilst you answer the
0: first piece. This episode is brought to you by Nexus. Look, I know what it's like to spend too much time managing your website instead of your business. In fact, the previous host for this very show made it harder for me to focus on creating content because I was always trying to fix some problem with my website, especially on new episode days. And that's why I switched to Nexus. With Nexus's managed WordPress hosting, I don't have any problems to fix because Nexus fixes them for me usually before I even know about them. I don't need to worry about my site going down on new episode days or updates or backups. I don't even need to worry about plugin vulnerabilities. Nexus has me covered. That's why I can be so consistent. And now they have membership sites with WP Start. A membership site, especially if you're a creator or small business owner like me, can be a fantastic way to increase revenue. But there are too many moving parts for most people who just want to set something up and start making money. Membership sites with WP Quickstart does it all for you. That is great hosting. So check out Nexus today if you want a website and not a project. For a limited time, you can get 50% off your first six months. Just go to howibuilt.it slash nexus N-E-X-C-E-S-S. That's how I built.it slash Nexus for 50% off your first six months. Thanks so much for Nexus for being a sponsor of How I Built It. So I will start off by saying I am historically bad at using CRMs uh, and I wish I was better, but I'm not. Um, so what I will generally do is keep a list of companies and Contact emails somewhere. That's somewhere. This creates more work for me, so I would recommend like just using one CRM. Um, ClickUp seems to be like the new hotness these days. Yeah. Um. And uh. uh and I have basically uh, right now it's it's mostly Airtable because I'm in Airtable a lot anyway. Um. It's uh interested reached out like the the classic like CRM um statuses. Yep. And then what I'll do is move the ones that I want to reach out to into a Google Sheets spreadsheet. Um and here's where the the magic happens. Uh, <laughs> in that Google Sheet spreadsheet I have a bunch of different fields. First name, email, season I want to spon- well, I want them to sponsor, reason I want them to sponsor next available spots uh, and then ready to send. And so this allows me to create an automated but personalized, slightly, email that uh, I can then send to like say 20 people all at the same time. Got it. Um And it, it's really important those fields that are like why I want them to sponsor, right? Because I don't want to just send them a generic uh, hey, give me money for my show. I say like, I want you to sponsor because, right? This like fills out it's like a Gmail Mad Libs, but like a really boring one. Um, it's like, I want you to sponsor because, and then whatever's in like column G or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's my personal reason I know how the sentence ends, so I, I format it the right way. Um, what, I'm, what I'm trying to do a little bit more of now, because when, my pod, when this podcast was more focused in the WordPress space, uh, I had a lot of contacts in the WordPress space, right? So I was just like, "Hey, do you want to give me money for stuff?" And they're like, "Yeah, like we have a WordCamp budget, or we have an advertising budget, or last year it was yeah, we have a budget that we're not using now." So yeah, um, but now that I'm kind of moving outside the WordPress space, I one needs to form relationships with people before they're going to just like hit them up for money. I think, right? Um. So now I've been kind of getting more involved with uh, like influencer stuff. I don't really have a process down for this though. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little hesitant to like talk about it, but basically people will reach out to me. We'll talk a little bit. I'll maybe do a video for them. I'll mention my podcast um, and, and see if they're interested there. Or it'll be products that I've, I've been using a lot. Right. So like I'll be reaching out to Notion. Um, very soon to be like, hey, I've been using this in my podcast process. Are you interested in sponsoring? Blah blah blah. Um. So I I think I think there wasn't I think there was an answer in there. No, there finding, was. finding sponsors, I'll say I tap my network. I look at tools that I'm using, and if I'm listening to similar podcasts, I'll I'll hear who's sponsoring those because I know that they're open to podcast sponsorship. Yeah. yeah. Um. And then as far as reaching out to sponsors. I have I I basically keep a running list in Airtable, and then I move it over. I guess I'm paying for Airtable now, so I could do this just with Airtable. Uh, and, yeah, and I think there's something
1: to be said about the unwieldy process. Sometimes that is to be That is to say, an unwieldy process can actually be a good process because it forces you to go through the action of moving a name over to from Airtable over to Google Docs or whatever it may be. Whereas sometimes I think automation does tend to stray into the bounds of a little bit impersonal. And you know you you, you receive the email where clearly the, the, the merge tag for your name has, has gone slightly wonky and there's a bracket at the end of it or something like that. And you feel, ah, okay, that wasn't as authentic as it could have been.
0: Um, yeah, that's that's a really good point, right? I mean, we've gotten those emails. It's like, hey, name, I was looking at... Yes, I get a lot so of... Funny. Because I wrote a, a guest post for SiteGround.com and uh, i so i've been getting emails it's like hey joe uh, or hey joseph i might be like joseph on on that site um hey joseph i just found your website siteground.com and i'm yeah. like yes my website
1: that's right yeah I get, uh, the, I get lots of email um, explaining how people have read my blog. And I really don't have a blog. I have a podcast. Uh, there's, yeah. almost, there's very little in terms of content. So I, there's red flags immediately for me. Uh, I have remembered the, um, the second part of my question, if that's all right. And yeah. This is a sort of newbie question, but I am interested because I've got a few friends who are curious about starting up their own podcast. Where do you sit on the whole monetize it now um, or just get it going, get an audience, do it for a, a year, do it because you love it, and then think about monetizing it. I feel this is a really important thing. I I, I, I did my podcast for two years before there were any ads. That, that wasn't by design, that was just because I enjoyed doing it, and then I started to get sponsorship, but that was purely by accident. Uh, but I feel that if I was doing it again and if I had the time and the space, I would repeat that process, but I'm not sure what you think
0: yeah that's a that's a really good question and uh i so i will say i'm gonna reference a, a chris lemma blog post that i'll put in the show notes over at how i built it at slash two three seven um i would say the number this is this is what i say uh the number one thing that you should do before you start a podcast is determine why you want to start a podcast right uh so you know start with why write the simon sinek book um uh Because that will, no matter whether you want to monetize or not, that will determine um, the direction you take your podcast in. I would also say that sponsorship is not the only way to make money with a podcast, right? So Mm -hmm. there's, um, I mean, there's membership. That's that's another popular one. But there's also things like selling your services, establishing yourself as an expertise, right? I talk to authors and course creators about, you know, what, what should I do? How should I make money podcasting? Just talk on the microphone and, and, and people will hire you or buy your book or buy your course. Not just, right? I don't want to put down how much work it takes. But um, so when you're starting a podcast, if this is like a hobby, I would say, um, don't don't really worry about monetizing it. But if it's something that you want to use to establish authority and to grow your business, you should have at least an outline when you start. I'm going to start. I understand this is not going to make right. I mean, like, I, let me finish this thought. Uh, I understand this is not going to make money for the first six months, but I do want to put the tent poles in place to try to make money, right? Amazon was uh in the red for like the first 6 years of its life or something like that. Um and but Jeff Bezos had a plan and now he's flying rockets to space. So, uh <laughs> I'm not saying that you could be in a in a a rocket, but if you if you if you at least think about it, you don't it doesn't need to be perfect, right? The the most important thing about content creation is is ship it, right? Um yeah but if you at least start thinking about what are the ways this podcast could make money then you could start putting um you know putting the the tent poles in place to eventually monetize it and the last thing i'll say here is start with this build your email list from day 1 because no matter what those email addresses will like if you can't find sponsors but you've got a hundred people who signed up for your mailing list because they listen to your podcast. That's a hundred people that are now part of your audience who are into what you're saying, into what you're talking about. And if you do have a product or a service, you can reach out to them first. And that is a way to monetize your podcast. Not directly, but indirectly.
1: My metric forevermore will be uh, of success is going to be whether I have a rocket. And uh, (laughs) I don't don't yet have a rocket. One of the things that I... Looking back it was actually for boring reasons that I won't go into. I was actually sort of compelled to look back on some early episodes. And I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be forgiving myself uh, because I was woefully bad. And I think I think you have to do that for yourself at the beginning. You know, your your equipment won't be what you may end up with. It might be a bit tinny, you'll probably not be that great at asking the questions. You may uh, you may stumble. You may pause. You may need to literally pause the recording. You may pick the wrong guest and and have to politely say to them, "Look, I'm sorry that that episode isn't worthy of being aired. Apologies. Shall we have another go, or is it all right if we just don't use it?" And um, and one of the things that I needed to learn was how to talk and think at the same time. And I still find that quite challenging to be asking a question, listening to the answer, and at the same time pausing what they're saying. So that I can follow up with the appropriate question, I actually write a lot of show notes. I, I write a lot of things that I would like to say down in mm. the kind of order that I would like them to come out because I'm not that great at working on the fly, but that i'm just I'm saying all of this because I think you've got to forgive yourself at the beginning, just just get it out there with whatever you've got to hand and um, and forgive yourself in the future
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely i uh, I just recently wrote a blog post called. Uh, the first stuff you should know episodes were six minutes long, nice, um, and that's like stuff you if you're if you're a podcaster you or you're into podcasting you've probably heard of stuff you should know. It's one of the longest running. Uh, it's a, a, a prolific podcast. It's got. I lovers. love those two. Yeah, they they're are great. Josh are unbelievably and
1: unbelievably cool. Like, yeah. Can I just ask? Let's just talk about them for a second. If yeah, that's absolutely. Right.
0: Do they write their own stuff? That is a great question, and for a while, yes. the The way, so I'll kind of summarize uh, my my stuff. You should know article here. Um, the podcast launched in April two thousand nine, and it was around six. It's like seven minutes now because they do dynamic ad insertion. Oh, okay. um, but uh, it was about six minutes long, and it was Josh and Josh his Chunk. editor. It wasn't even Chuck in the oh, beginning. Chuck That's the on. thing. Okay. Yeah. Oh no. Um, it was Josh and his editor Chris, and they were basically just not reading verbatim, but going over articles that that Josh read and Chuck uh, and and Chris edited. Right. So it was short, repurposed content. Right. And if you listen to that episode and then listen to them today over like twelve. 14 years and over a thousand episodes on, uh, they sound so different. It's echoey, right? Because they yeah. were just kind of finding their bearings. Chuck didn't join. Uh, Chuck didn't even make an appearance until one month in, right? Because he was also a staff writer and they were talking about one of his articles. And their chemistry was so good that I think it was three months later, Chuck became the regular and they became Josh and Chuck. Um, so all of this is to say just start you're not going to know yeah. where you can improve until you actually do something right they are
1: absolute masters of making something that is probably written down sound like they're just making it up and i don't mean making it up from a factual point of view because i'm i'm relying on everything to have been fact checked but it just sounds like they're just having this Little conversation. And I, I often curious like, are they sitting down and they literally writing on a piece of paper, right? You do that bit, you do that bit, you, because they seem to interrupt each other at the perfect moment. They are epically good, you know, kind of messy, yeah. swampy, sloppy sort of um, presentation. No, no, you know, there's just no fuss, there's no guile. It's, it's a beautiful podcast. It's wonderful.
0: Yeah, they do a really great job. And for a while, they had a camera in the studio, right? So you can kind of see how they did it, or at least how they set it up to see how they did it. But, you know, they each bring their own notes. They pick a topic, they do their own research, and then they bring their own notes. And this is important. Uh, if you if you are a long-time listener, you'll know that they batch a bunch of episodes. And their episodes are timeless, right? Not, like, timeless, yeah. but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they are generally not time-constrained. Yeah. So you know, they can they can uh, do probably a month's worth of episodes in one or two sittings, uh, and then go back and do a bunch of research on on their next few topics and then do them.
1: What's curious as well is that they also have a podcast which I'm going to describe as eclectic. It Literally, no two episodes cross... Well, I mean, they've done so many now, they're cross-pollinating a little bit. But yeah. one podcast episode doesn't in any way connect to another. And we're always told... If, if you're doing a new podcast, find the niche. And I just find it so interesting that their niche is, we have no niche. We're just going to talk about <laughs> anything we like on every episode. You know, they'll talk about why do dogs sneeze or something. And then yeah. the next episode, who invented the guillotine or something totally wrong. Ra- I've just made those two up. I've no idea <laughs> if they were episodes. <laughs> but that kind of thing. And, uh, and I really like that. I love the fact that you don't know what you're going to get. If it weren't for the title of the post, you wouldn't know what was going to come. And yeah. uh, I really, really, there's something beautiful about that approach.
0: This episode is brought to you by Text Expander. In our fast paced world, things change constantly, and errors in messaging often have significant consequences. With Text Expander, you can save time by converting any text you type into a keyboard shortcut called a snippet. Say goodbye to repetitive text entry, spelling, and message errors, and trying to remember the right thing to say. When you use Text Expander, you can say the right thing in just a few keystrokes. Text Expander lets you make new approved messaging available to every team member instantly with just a few keystrokes, ensuring your team remains consistent, current, and accurate. Text Expander can also be used in any platform, any app, and anywhere you type. So take back your time and increase your productivity. But that's not all it does. With its advanced snippets, you can create fill-ins, pop-up fields, and more. You can even use JavaScript or AppleScript. I can type out full instructions for my podcast editor, hi Joel, in just a few keystrokes. Another one of my favorite and most used snippets is PPT. This will take whatever text I have on my clipboard and convert it into plain text. No more fighting formatting if I'm copying from Word or anyplace else. Last month, I saved over two hours in typing alone. That doesn't even take into the account the time I saved by not having to search for the right link, text, address, or number. You have no idea how many times I want to type out a link to a blog post or an affiliate link and I can't remember it and then I have to go searching for it. That generally takes minutes, but since I have a text expander, Snippet, it takes seconds. Text expander is available on macOS, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. I've been using it a lot more on my iPhone lately because I've been working from my iPhone more uh, because there are days when I'm just not in front of my computer right now. If you've been curious about trying Text Expander or simple automation in general, now's the time. Listeners can get 20% off their first year. Just visit slash podcast and let them know that I sent you. Thanks so much to Text Expander for sponsoring the show. And now let's get back to it. Man, well, this time has flown by. We have a we have a, a, a few more minutes. Um, if you have uh, any 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 questions in Build Something More, for those of you who are uh, part of the Build Something Club, uh, we didn't really talk uh, intro with, with Nathan, but Nathan is a man of many hats, and one of those is running the Page Builder Summit with uh, Anshin, Is Anchen I Anshin and LaRue. Um, they do a great job every year. It's, it's very well run. I've spoken at it two of the three years, including this one. And so in Build Something More, I'm going to talk to Nathan about what it's like running a virtual summit because I would love his insight. Yeah. Um, so if you, I, are, if you are not a member of Build Something More, you can sign up over at Build Something, or the Build Something Club. Uh, you can sign up, uh, up over at buildsomething.club. It's five bucks a month or 50 bucks a year. And you get ad-free extended episodes a whole day early as well as a bunch of other stuff. But yeah, I'm excited to, uh, to talk to you about that. But Nathan, this is your time. Um, so far we've talked about um, intro and bumpers, uh, finding and tracking sponsors. Should you monetize now uh, or or just start? I think that's a really good question because I think um, that, that It's kind of a double-edged sword. It's easy to get bogged down in the, I'm never going to launch this unless it makes money. But also, uh, people can get bogged down in the, um, this costs so much, I can't continue doing it because podcasts do cost money. Um, Unless you use like Anchor or something, and that's a whole other discussion. But uh, So I think that having a plan in place is, is really important.
1: I have one more question, if that's all right, all right. because you yeah, mentioned absolutely. your um, you mentioned your email list from the start, and yeah. I, I don't know what you use to gather that. Uh, I mean, again, imagining that we're beginning a podcast for the first time seems like the the motif for this episode. Yeah, where would you where would you be where would you be searching uh, to to gather that email list, and which services have you used and preferred over time?
0: Yeah, I'm a huge fan of ConvertKit. Um, and, uh, this was, um, I had a hard time recommending ConvertKit for a while because they didn't offer a free plan. Uh, and I know that it's, you know, if you don't have a list, it's kind of hard to justify 30 bucks a month, 29 bucks a month, um, for, for something that's literally making, you no money. And so I would say like hey if you if you want to just start one, like probably Mailchimp is good. um Mailchimp, you know, as we record this we're, was it was recently announced that Intuit is going to buy them. um I use QuickBooks. We'll see what happens i guess uh, i I, I'm not, I don't want to be like a doom and gloom uh, <laughs> acquisition person, uh, but I moved off of Mailchimp several years ago um And on to ConvertKit. ConvertKit is now free to start for your first 1,000 subscribers. And the reason that I recommend ConvertKit is they are very heavily focused towards creators, right? So um, content creators, musicians, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But they also have really nice landing pages. And I think a problem that a lot of podcasters have in the beginning is they don't send their listeners anywhere. Uh, of importance. They'll say, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or now to follow us, right? Follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And that is a, a very unclear call to action. So um, I would say set up a landing page with ConvertKit. You can point a domain. To that landing page. So it could be like yourpodcast.com goes just to a convert kit landing page um, between you and me, and now everybody listening. That's a service I'm probably going to roll out for podcasters who don't have a landing page. Um, and, uh, and so you go there, you say sign up for my mailing list. There will also be subscribe buttons for you to subscribe in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you want to. But go to your, you know, mypodcast.com and join the mailing list you'll get notified when new episodes are out. You'll get the top takeaways or whatever. And again, nice. that's free for your first thousand subscribers.
1: Yeah, thank you. That's good advice. Thanks yeah. very
0: much. Awesome. My pleasure. Well, uh, Nathan, this has been a pleasure. Um, are there any other... We have a little bit of extra time. Are there any other questions that you have um, with respects to podcasting or Uh, We're both in the WordPress space too, podcasting with respect to WordPress.
1: Yeah, it's not really a question. It's my um, version of that, if you like. Yeah, um, I've started. I I don't actually use uh, ConvertKit, but I have been using a WordPress plugin, which I know you are. uh, well disposed towards, I think, called newsletter glue. And if you are a WordPress user, it's well worth checking out. It's by a couple of developers and it's really great. It uses the reasonably new block editor interface, which is a component of WordPress, which allows you to drop little bits into your, um, into your copy if you like and in this case you could drop in uh, a, a subscribe form or you could actually create blog posts that then become repurposed i don't know if you can connect it to convert i'm gonna guess that that's no yes you, no.
0: Can't. you uh, can't and i told yet. i told leslie because uh, you're right uh, newsletter glue is fantastic i did a live stream with her um on on how to use it, I'll link to that in the show notes as well. I said, as soon as you have ConvertKit integration, I'm I'll, I'll I'm in. I'll get it.
1: It's got this wonderful capability of making your blog post and your newsletter at the exact same time. So if you're familiar with the sort of create it, create the copy for your website, then go over to your uh, let's say ConvertKit in your case, and you have to paste it and find find the image once again and stick it at the top and all of that. It allows you to seamlessly. Do the newsletter and the the blog post at the same time, so it's kind of doing double duty. It's it's really really recommended uh, because it's using the block editor. It's fairly new, but it's um, being developed very much in the open and at a really fast pace. And they've added a few things in um, in the in the very recent past, which have made it even more special. I love it. I would highly recommend it.
0: Yeah, that's great. And and over on the ConvertKit side, Brennan Dunn released uh, something called a template pack to make your, I think it works with ConvertKit and Drip, um, okay. make them look nicer. But you know, when it first rolled out, it was like spin up Node JS, and I'm like, I'm Ooh, out. Okay, I'm out. <laughs> like I'm a developer, and I don't want to go anywhere near that. Uh, <laughs> no. He has since built a web interface, but uh, like one place where I can do everything. Um, and like ConvertKit does have a WordPress plugin that will turn your posts into newsletters, but again, the benefit of Newsletter Glue is like you—it's really nicely designed. So, uh, for example, uh, there's a really good free plugin called Podcast Subscribe Buttons uh, by Second Line Themes, and um, including those podcast subscribe buttons would be a breeze, right? With with Newsletter Glue, yeah. Um, so you know i think that there's a lot of benefit to that and and that's a great workflow
1: one of the main benefits is this sort of slightly hidden feature that they don't seem to shout about and it's the ability to to take a piece of content and say okay this is in my blog and you click a button in the in the sidebar and you say actually i want this to appear in my newsletter as well or conversely you could say i only want this piece of content to go in the newsletter perfect example of that would be the subscribe form there's absolutely no point in attempting to put a subscribe form in an email newsletter, after all, they're subscribed. They've yeah. got it. You can't put it in a newsletter anyway. It's a form, but um, but you could say, okay, disable that in the in the newsletter, but everything else, just send it across. And uh, it's it's brilliant. Highly, highly recommended. Yeah,
0: yeah, love it. That's awesome. Well, uh, Nathan, this has been fantastic. Thanks so much for your questions. I hope they were helpful. If people want to learn more about the stuff you're doing, uh, where can they find you?
1: Um, the website that I have is for WordPress people um implementers and what have you and it's at wpbuilds.com i'm on twitter although i genuinely have no idea how twitter works that's not an exaggeration i honestly am confused by it but it's at wp builds occasionally i can muster a reply but it's <laughs> it's a bit hit and miss
0: yes uh twitter is a scary space uh space and place um awesome I will link to those two things and everything we talked about in the show notes it's going to be a rich uh link filled show notes uh episode I think over at how I built dot it slash two three seven uh Nathan and I are going to talk about running a virtual summit for a few minutes in Build Something More. Again, if you are not in the Build Something Club, you can sign up. And you know what? There will be a sign up button right on the show notes page over at howibuilt.it slash 237. I tell people that they need one clear call to action. So I need to practice what I preach. howibuilt.it slash 237 is where you can find everything. Nathan, thanks so much for joining me today and spending some time with us. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you so much. And thanks to everybody out there listening. Thanks to Text Expander and Nexus for sponsoring the show. Uh, and until next time, get out there and build something.